Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. This podcast will seek to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of my podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations where every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to you joining me on this journey toward a better understanding of each other. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening for common ground first. I am so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's see what my next guest has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton. Thank you so much for coming back to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Today I'm with Melissa Supinor, and she's the founder of Ed Educational Advocates for Vet Teams. And she's the director of learning and development at Rare Breed Vet Partners, which is out of Portland, Maine, where Melissa and I are going to retire because we love it there. <laughs> but it's a great team. Melissa, thank you so much for being here on Why Do Pets Matter? Thank you, Deb, for inviting me. Um, I'm truly honored to be here with you today. Well, I am honored to be here with you. We um, have worked together over the years, and Melissa is this incredible um, force behind making teams work, which is why I brought her here, because not only do pets matter to Melissa, the people who help the pets matter to Melissa. So we're going to have a great talk today. And as everyone knows, the first question I ask is, okay, Melissa, why do pets matter to you? Oh, Deb, why do pets not matter to me? I think that's an easier question, right? But uh, right now, I mean, especially during these challenging times, uh, the, the pets are the reason um, I think that I'm staying sane, um, being in the house uh, with just the four cats. Um, the entertainment in this house is just great. And, and pets are just so important to us to give that unconditional love um, and to just be there for whatever we need them for um, is just uh, truly amazing. I've had pets uh, all, all my life. I don't think I remember a time not having a pet. Um, and I'm a, a calico a cat lover. And so my first cat was this really nasty calico, um, but she loved me. Um, and she just, she was like a dog. She protected me through everything. And uh, she came to college with me um, and we just, we just had a bond that I, I just never had with any person. And it's just amazing to feel that, that love um, from our animals. Um, and I've always had everything under the sun from hamsters, gerbils, uh, fish and everything else. And they were part of the family. There was never a time when they were not in the house um, eating with us you know, just being with us on the couch, you know, watching TV and everything else. Uh, so they are just a, a special um, animal to have, every, every animal. Um, and that's why I went into the field because the animals so matter and we wanna make sure not only that we take care of our own animals, but we take care of others uh, animals because we want them to have the longest life possible with uh, our clients and our other, our family and friends. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you said that because going back a little bit into your story, first of all, I always ask what the Calico Cat's name is. Um, the first one or all yep. of them? Um, so the first one's name was actually uh, Flash. 
um, because she had calico on her head and her tail and the rest of her body was white and she didn't know how to walk anywhere. Uh, so all you would see was a flash of white. Um, so her first name was actually George until we found out that she was a female and then she was changed to Flash. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Yep. And she went to school with you. So that's, you know, these transition cats um, and dogs. And I have to say that most of the people were, were a heavy dog podcast because because I don't have a lot of experience with cats, although I'm getting experience with cats with my grandkitty, Jane. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally into learning more about cats, but calicos tend to have a different personality. Yeah, so um, I, my first job, so I actually got her when I was in um, middle school and she actually um, passed away when she was 23. So I've had her had her pretty much my whole um, childhood up to my start of my adult life. Um, she was euthanized, I think, right after probably, I think, 93, 94-ish time. I think it was around there. Um, and the thing about her that really taught me, I mean, she taught me a lot. Um, but just to have the 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 thought about calicos and how much of a bad rap they had. Um, and my old boss used to say that they are the, uh, the redheads of the, the cat world or vice versa. She, he would say, you know, the, that, and I, because I have red hair, he would say, I was going to say for the people who are listening to this, <laughs> you know, Melissa has the most beautiful red hair and I was not going to let that pass. Right. Exactly. So, uh, it was always that we had the same personality and I didn't know how to take that because I always saw the calicos actually as a, the sweetest cats, um, the most independent cats, but the sweetest cats uh, with the people that they, they loved. Like they were very um, dedicated to their owners. So I actually took it more as a positive that uh, I don't mind being called a calico or my calico is being called redheads. So yeah. I, I, I saw it more um, as fun because I do see them maybe a little bit more in a different light than, you know, I was taught um, because they were kind of at the challenge cat. Um, you know, they were a little feisty and I, I have been, been bitten by many calicos and, but you know what, I've been bitten by all colors. So I think that that's, uh, that's the one thing about cats is I don't think you can, you have to look at them as an individual, every pet, every pet that we, every patient we have has to be, you know, independent in their self and not just because they're a certain breed. Right. Um, and that's really important because, you know, there's a lot of breeds that are scary um, that people think that are not good breeds to have. And, and, you know, that's not I've true had, when they come out of the right, womb usually. Right. And the thing is, is that I look at it as, you know, the ones that are supposed to be the best animals in the world and you know, people pick them as the best I've been bitten by them or people I've known that have been bitten by them. So, um, I think everything's an individual and we have to look at it that way. Yeah, before we move on to that, I just want to say for the audience, uh, not only does Melissa have red hair and she loves calicos who are the redheads, but I have Irish setters. So that might underlie why the two of us get along so well because <laughs> I always say my Irish setters are the Jerry Maguires of the dog world. You know, show me the money. Yeah. Uh, Irish setters do not do anything for you unless there's something in it for them. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is their mantra. And I don't know, maybe that's what attracts me to them. And it's probably what attracts you to the calicos. You know, right. what's in it for me? Show right. me what's in it for me. Exactly. And I'll be, I'll be dedicated to you for the rest of your life. 
but I'm not going to just do it. You, right. you have to make something worthwhile. Right. And I mean, the, the, I've had in my, my whole life, I've had probably the most amazing cats. And even now, um, the, the ones I have, I have twins. Um, I call them twins. Uh, they're litter mates. The first time I've in my life that I've had litter mates. Um, and they're both so opposite, you know, and I, and I always joke cause they have my personality, my calmness on one side and then my craziness on the other side. So, um, I, I do really think that cats are, um, really take on their personality, um, of their owners a Especially lot. Especially if you get them when they're young. Absolutely. Exactly. And I had these guys at six weeks. So, oh so yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they're just, I mean, they're wonderful cats, um, but it is definitely when I have to have calm time, I have it with Snickers. And when I want to have crazy time, I have a crackle. So, um, you know, and, and that's how I look at it is. And if these were kids, I can just see them being the same way. So, so I know you've transitioned, um, a few times in your career, um, because you have had such a rich and full career, not only being part of people's lives and caring for their animals, but being part of other uh, veterinary workers, veterinarians, um, taking care of other people's animals and also taking care of the staff. Because as Nadine Hamilton says in a prior uh, podcast, love your pet, love your vet. Um, right. And you are the epitome of, let me see how we can love our vets, love our vet staff and also love our clients. Right. Uh, the big thing is, is that I'm a, I'm a very big uh, client oriented person. Um, when I was in specialty, I had my own clientele. Um, I did a, I did a lot of tech appointments um, after they saw the vet and then all the follow-up was basically in my, my lap unless there was a problem. So I became a huge advocate for clients um, and client education, but who's giving that education is our teams. They're not, you know, the veterinarians, are doing it too, but if they have a team that is um, utilized correctly and educated correctly, they can actually educate the clients um, just the same way as a veterinarian. And I, I look at it as, as if your team is doing what they should be doing and they're utilized, no matter if it's a technician, if it's a receptionist, whatever it is, um, that they can actually um, really bond that client to that practice. Uh, really well. And, you know, we're not taking anything away from any position within the hospital, but if everybody works as a team, team engagement's up, which makes your client engagement up. Um, and that's really important. And then your patient care is at the highest um, that it can be because we're all in it for one reason, and it's to take care of that pet, um, to keep that pet healthy so they have the longest, happiest life they can have. And I think that's really important. Um, throughout my career, I have never forgotten about the pet as the the prime um, thing within the practice itself. Because if we don't have pets or clients, then we don't have a practice. Um, and you can make your team as happy as can be, but without those pets, um, there's really nothing there. And we just want to make sure that we keep them happy. Um, one of the practices that I worked at as a uh, the the one thing about it is the team was very engaged with the clients. Um, and there was a lot of, um, when I first got there, there was a lot of negativity. Um, so my job was basically to help bring positivity back into the practice and, and really get the team to be more engaged. Um, and I think I learned more from that team than they learned from me. Um, 
I started there in late, uh, late October, early November timeframe. So my first thing was to uh, have Grinch pictures taken for the clients and their pets. Um, and I was the Grinch. So it was one of those things that was so fun. And I really got to learn about the clients and every client that came in said, this is the best hospital, the best team. And I can tell you stories about having to put our animals to sleep and how wonderful those, the client, the, um, the team was. And that's what they actually prided themselves on is that last memory that client had with that pet was the best it could be under the circumstances. Um, you know, and that's a learning thing that you just don't get. You're absolutely right. And I loved when you said, I learned more from this experience than I think I taught. Uh, and it's probably not true. I'm sure the people you were working with would say, oh my God, Melissa was wonderful. And she taught us so much, but as a leader, as someone who comes into a practice and tries to help them be their best selves, learning what's going on without judgment, without criticism, really creates the opportunity for you um, as the you know, director to find a way to have everybody be their best selves and work right. together in the best way and feel as I always say, heard, respected, and understood, which might be a little bit of a cliche for that mediator in me. But really, that is so key to making a team work. Right. I think the one thing that, that people don't realize is, well, for one, education is probably the highest in importance for us in the field, plus our clients. Because if we're educating every day, and I, and I, I, I laugh when people say, I don't like training, I don't like education. Well, you're doing it every day because you're teaching your clients how to really take care of their pets. Um, but I think that, especially on an educational side, is it's not just growing them on their skills and knowledge base, it's skill, it's, it's um, building up their personal and their professional development. So their personal growth is so important in our field right now. And I think just being able to give them the tools to be able to take care of themselves um, and, and really be that team because the team dynamics is huge. But if you're not happy yourself or positive yourself, then that team is just going to continue to be a negative, um, entity in that hospital. And, and to be able to build everyone else up as an individual, it will help the team become a better, closer team. Um, and that's so big because a lot of people think about, okay, I'm going to go in and do education. It's just going to be the knowledge and the skills. Well, great. I, I think your team's probably going to have the skills that they need. They just don't have somebody giving them the, the right to say, all right, go and do it. Or if you haven't done it, let's go through the basics and learn how to redo the stuff. Um, and then I look at it also is what are the teams that are in there? What do they want to do? You know, it's not me saying, hey, you need to learn how to do catheters. Well, what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Um, and whenever I do any career development with anyone is it's not about what I think you can do. Let's talk about what you want. And then once you tell me, let's figure out how to get you there. Yeah. Um, if it's me, if it's not me, if it's, you know, going through different classes, whatever it is, is people have what they want. And I did a lot of my own self-education, you know, on my own, but I had a lot of great mentors. Um, and still to this day, I have mentors that I go to a ton for things. Um, 
just to have like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what I want to do. What do you think? And I've had mentors who go, you're so out of the box. We don't know where to get you. Or they're like, you know what? I think you'd do it and let's go, let's see how you, how you go, do it and see what happens. And I think that's really big for me is when I do have my own people that I have as mentees, I look at them and say, you know what? I can't tell you what to do. I don't know what's inside of you, but if you say, I want to try this, go and do it. The worst thing that can happen is you have to, you hit a kind of a little lump, uh, uh, you know, a little curve in the road. And then you say, okay, I have to kind of readjust and do it a different way. Um, but if that's your ultimate goal, go after it. And, you know, don't, don't let somebody stop you. And I think that's the big thing. It's so important that you use the word mentor because I think in a veterinary practice, if the team approaches it from top to bottom as mentorship, because at the bottom, you can learn so much from the people on the floor dealing with things as much as you can learn from the people on top. So the fact that you listened and asked people, you know, what is it you truly want to do? Because I want to hear what you truly want to do so that we can see if we can facilitate you being magnificent in what you truly want to do and whether that magnificence and not in a cruel or criticizing way, but does that magnificence work with what we need? Right. And if it, if it doesn't, what can we do to help you work it into our practice? Or what can we do to help you get to where you want to be and be happy? Right. My, my big thing is, so in my, in my positions is one of my things that I really love to do is go into, it's going to sound weird, go into, you know, negative or toxic environments and turn around the environments. I think that that's so important and we can do it. It's, it's easy to do. Um, I shouldn't say it's easy. It's not easy to do, but it's, it's easy when you're a positive person and it's easy when you look at the team, because if you look at the team as an individual entity, you can really grow people. And I've had so many people that um, I, I feel that I'm part of their growth and, and their, where they go in their career, even though it's been kind of an interesting um, avenue itself where, you know, I expected them to be, you know, in veterinary medicine for all their lives. And, and it really wasn't that some of them wanted to be there. They wanted to be in animals but they didn't want to necessarily be in the veterinary side. And we, I had, you know, a couple of people that have gone out and been, you know, environmental police. So they're dealing with the wildlife and they love what they're doing. And it's like, if that's what your thing was, and this is, and it's a stepping stone. Sometimes certain areas are stepping stones and they learn the aspects they need to learn for what their ultimate goals were. And I think that's huge for someone because I don't, I think if somebody tried to stop me, in my career, I, I don't know if I would still be in the profession. And I, and I think that's what I really look at is like, I don't want to tell anybody to get out of the profession in any way, but I think if your ultimate goal is to be doing something else, go do it. You know, you can always come back if you think that, that you ran out of, you know, that ran out of that, you just don't want to do it anymore or whatever. Um, the world's open for us. We just need to be able to look at what we want and go and do it. Uh, you know, I I love that thought because I think that following your passion and being able to find what you want to do means you don't work a day in your life, which we both know that sometimes when you've worked for companies, you did work every day. And now um, with Rare Breed, it's like you don't work every day, though you're working really hard because the culture and the concepts that you've brought along with you over the years that you've learned um, really enable you to build the teams that support the 
clients and their pets and the entire practice yeah. because everybody is in it rowing the boat in the same direction. I think when right. people are not rowing the boat in the same direction, um, it it can get really tedious. And as you said, which is so true, um, and we're going to come back and talk about team dynamics on your next visit because yep. people are leaving yeah. the, um, the practice of veterinary medicine, uh, the practice of veterinary technician. They're going elsewhere and we're losing wonderful people because of stress and burnout. And right. that could be because of lack of team um, camaraderie or, or listening. So uh, I hope... I hope you'll come back. That's my. I will definitely come back. I appreciate it because you have been so wonderful. So the three things I'm going to take away from this is you need to educate um, your client as well as the team. And if a team thinks I hate education, they're really educating everybody every yep. day. Um, I, of course, want to throw in the redhead thing because, yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, if you're come a redhead, on. you're just a little bit more on that edge of I'm a little independent. I'm going to take really good care of you, but I'm going to really ask what's in it for me as I'm taking real good care of you. And if you enter that discussion that way, it'll work really, really well. Um, and then the personal and professional um uh, I want to say um, deep dive mm-hmm. because it's not just about that I'm supposed to be a vet tech, I'm supposed to be a veterinarian, right? but the deep dive that you talked about so eloquently on what is it you really want to do in this profession and let's see how we might be able to help right. you here or help you get to that next level if it isn't here. Yeah, there's so many of us out there, so many veteran uh, technicians that have gone through everything. You know, I have a a great uh, arena of friends uh, and colleagues that I can't even imagine what, if there's anyone I know that hasn't done something in veterinary medicine, um, that we couldn't get somebody, if they will look into that, that we couldn't get some, you know, collaboration with that person. Um, You know, and that's the big thing is no matter how much I've done in my career, I haven't done it all. And I don't want to do it all, but I look at it as like, what do I want to do next? Um, and yeah, you taught, you mentioned, uh, rare breed, uh, the most amazing company. Um, and you know, it's one of those things is I, again, I think I'm learning more from my job that I hadn't done before in the past that it's just wonderful to be having a, a, a new challenge. Um, and with a great, a group of people that are amazing and let me fail at times and be able to pick me up, um, and then turn around and let me be the same for them, um, is just amazing. And we, we have, uh, and people say this, it's a cliche, but we have become a, a, a wonderful family. Um, our partner hospitals, along with all the leadership, we're just really a huge family and, you know, we can call on each other, no matter if it's, the, the top of the chain or the, you know, the down the, down the way to the, the, uh, the hospital staff is, doesn't matter. No, yeah. everybody's equal. Everybody um, is rowing the boat in the same direction, which yep. is really important. Yep. So Melissa, how do people get in touch with you if they have questions that they want to ask you? Um, well, I, it depends on the question, I guess. Um, but if it's anyway, um, I have, uh, if you go on to Educational Advocates, we have a Facebook page and a website. There is an actual contact uh, sheet through there. Perfect. Um, Maria Breed also uh, has their own contact. And you can also, if you're looking more on 
um, that side is they actually have their contact on their website too. Um, and they have and a Facebook page. They have a Facebook I, page I and I actually friend. run their Facebook page and their LinkedIn page. So if you want to get in touch with me, um, you can definitely go on any of them. Um, and I'm right there. Uh, we answer pretty quick. Um, but it's either myself or especially, um, the CEO is actually the other person on the Facebook page. So one of the two of us, uh, gets that stuff pretty quick. Um, so, you know, if you need to get in touch with me, I'm anywhere. Um, and again, Deb, you have my information too. So, um, you know, I will definitely just, pass okay. along anyone who writes a question Absolutely. to me at why do pets matter? The yep. podcast. And Melissa, thank you so much. Melissa Supinor. I'm telling you, if you have any questions, go on the Facebook pages for educational advocates and for rare breed, uh, because you will get an answer. She is phenomenal. And I'm so grateful you've been here, Melissa. I am going to have you back really soon Absolutely. because that team dynamic thing, we have to go into that because that is a make or break for a vet practice absolutely yep. for, for any practice and really exactly even family dynamics will try to slip that in because both of us for, are from irish catholic families which exactly go into that. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming thank you deb. So grateful you were here and this is deborah hamilton why do pets matter hope to see you on the next podcast You've been listening to the podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. Do you have a great idea or guest or topic that you'd like me to cover? Write me at hamiltonlawandmediation.com or email me at whydopetsmatterpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, our pets do matter. Thank you for being here with me.